You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 235 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and today we are brought to you by GameMat.eu, and guess what? Panhandle3D.com changed their website uh, address, and it's no longer Panhandle3D.com. It's Panhandle3D.etsy.com. They've moved over to Etsy, and um, uh, they also gave me a new code to give you guys, and I believe it's 15% off. Let's see. It is... Uh-oh. This is a... This is a little hard for me to remember, because, you know, like, GameAt.eu is Event 10, and... um. Panhandle 3D was podcast 10. That was easy, right? This is PH3D 15 off. So Panhandle 3D 15 off. And it's for 15% off, not 10% off. So, and they always do free shipping over $80. So, dude, you can get, you can get over $100 worth of stuff for 80 bucks. And as long as you're $80 and one cent, it's also free shipping. Come on, come on. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for supporting the show. And also, uh, once again, that's panhandle3d.etsy.com. And also beautiful, sexy, good smelling, succulent, very desirable, extra fertile Patreon patrons. Thank you all for supporting the show. What are we discussing tonight? Well, we only have two segments because they're quite long. Uh, one of them is how to be the the prettiest girl at the ball when you play wargaming. It's it's actually more like how to be popular, how to be the most popular person in the wargaming club. And um, we go into like what kind of makeup to wear, uh, the different fashions that are currently active, and um, what sort of TikTok trends you need to follow. <laughs> and <laughs> nope, I'm not talking about that. And then also. I mean, no, no, I am talking about that, but I don't involve TikTok. And then we have not one, but two letters from multi-shorehammer champion, Andrew, and also Grendel, our beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Cryptech for the Patreon dynasty. And um, they both write in about proxies. The reason why I lumped them together is they're both discussing proxies. So that is what this episode's all about. And uh, what else? Um, we're not going to have a want that or want that not because the other ones run pretty long. So what have I been up to? Um, honestly, I did not get to the club this week. It was super disappointing because I had uh, like one of those 24 hour belly bugs. And uh, that was that was not fun. I'm just I'll just leave it at that it was not fun. Like a lot of times you're thinking, oh, 24 hour bug. Oh, man, that sounds like fun. Trust me. It is not fun. It was not. I mean, maybe it was a little fun. I mean, like a little bit, but I mean, no, no, I'll say definitively it was not fun. Um, other than that, I really have not been doing anything uh, on brutality. I'm waiting on those last books to come in. And um, I did do a solo game using one of the new settlement mode missions. I'm playtesting my missions for the new supplement for brutality. And um, I decided it's where you have to rescue someone from captivity and you got to go through all the centuries. They've got their people that are walking around you've got to like either assassinate them quietly or get past them and um i did that with my ninja turtles and bebop and rocksteady had captured april o'neill and the foot clan was everywhere and that was a lot of fun that was a whole lot of fun and uh so i i did that Raphael and everybody infiltrated killed a bunch of foot clan before they could make a noise went in there and um 
they ended up winning. Michael, uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo got taken down, but they were able to take out Bebop and Rocksteady and save April. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And um, other than that, I've been painting on my Harlequins. My friend TJ was nice enough to assemble my Harlequin jet bikes and my uh, like Star Weaver, Sky Weaver, whatever. So I primed all those, and I've been painting um, three of the vehicles and two of the jet bikes, and uh, I'm just enjoying it. It's a pretty simple color scheme, so been enjoying painting. It's the first GW models I've painted in months. I mean, literally months. So, um, and it's just because he assembled them. I, they still would be unassembled if it weren't for TJ. So thank you, TJ. I appreciate it. And um, what else? That's about it. Um, I'm in the process of making um, another Power Rangers warband for me and my family. Each one of them is going to be one of us, which is going to be fun uh, for brutality. And that's about it. So let's get on with the rest of the show, I guess. I wish I had more to say, but uh, nope, missed out on the club this week. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey everybody, it's the Tesseract Mailbox, and I guess I struck a nerve with a few of you because I didn't have any letters in the, the old inbox last week, but I've gotten lots of letters this week, and two of them are actually on the same topic from last episode. We've got an email from Grendel, which is a Patreon patron, and we have multiple Shorehammer champion Andrew. They both wrote in about proxies, so let's see. This is Grendel here. Hail, glorious leader. Nice show last week, episode 234. The Winehammer comments always make me facepalm. <laughs> that dwarf is cool, but low on my priority list, and proxies are always a touchy subject. With you bringing up the subject, I thought I would take the opportunity to rant about proxies in 3D printing. Sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy. Well, Grendel, I'm actually drinking a cup of coffee as I do this, so I'm ready. As an owner of a 3D printer, I'm concerned with how proxies are viewed, but this goes back further than the era of the, era of the 3D printer. Back when I started playing 40k, I was always looking for ways to be able to build my armies without busting the bank with GW miniatures. I'm right there with you, Grendel. I started with building Lego Killicans. Now that seems pretty cool, actually. I bet you could, especially if you painted them or you got the right colors of bricks, I bet you could make some pretty cool Killicans out of that. Um, later, I used an F-118 jet for a Necro Necron Doom Scythe before they had an official model. <laughs> and later, I got some Mantic Orcs because they looked cooler than the GW ones. I never have a problem using these and I never had a problem using these in friendly games. That is where proxies should always be welcome. Friendly games are where you can try out new units that you don't want to shell big shell out big bucks. Am I butchering this? Friendly games are where you can try out new units that you don't want to shell out big bucks to see if it fits into your army. As long as both people know what each proxy is for, I don't see any problem with using proxies in friendly games. Okay, I'm right there with you, Grendel. It, in comes the 3D printer. Now, with a 3D printer, people can find files that are almost identical to the GW models. In my mind, that is not really proxying, but just using a GW model just not made by GW. It is like using a recasted model, which is a different topic altogether. I typically don't look for the exact copy of GW models, but try to find creators who are inspired by GW models and put their own personal spin on the unit. A good example of this is Gear Guts Mech Shop. He has models that are similar to the GW Orcs, but in many cases better. While I have the original models, I like using the custom versions from Gear Guts to give my Orc army a ramshackle feeling. 
Each unit clearly looks like the unit it's supposed to be, and is armed with the correct weapons and is not the official model. That's cool. I mean, I, I agree. I like those type of things too, proxying for, um, in some ways, better models that aren't made from GW. Let's continue. And he wasn't lying. This is a rant. So even though the printed model is identical or well represents the correct model, many shops have a problem with 3D printed models. The problem being that you are not buying models from their store. When you go to a shop for a tournament, they want you to use the actual model GW has produced, and if you bought it from there, from them is even better. This is understandable. They are providing a space to play while hoping you will support them by buying your minis here. If you come with a printed army, you're not supporting them. It is their store, so they have every right to not allow 3D printed armies at their store. The problem I have with this is GW has had problems keeping models in stock. I have had Lady Oleander for over six months. I can't run her in my army because GW has a supply issue. On... Okay, so I think he's saying he's had Lady Oleander on order for over six months. He didn't say on order, but I think that's it. Context clues. I can't run her in my army because GW has a supply issue. On the other hand, I, had, I can go to Fleshcraft Studios, my mini factory page, and download their Lady Cornicia Severin model and have her ready to play in no time. Me using this print really does not cost them money since they can't get the model for me to buy it, but they still won't allow it because it is printed. I don't see a lot of big tournaments banning 3D prints. As long as they are good representation of the model they're supposed to be, most tournaments are okay with it. Yes, they require them to be the right size and WYSIWYG, but that is understandable since you are com uh, you're playing competitively. Unless you are modeling for advantage, most tournaments that are not at a local shop using a printed proxy is fine. Unless it is a GW tourney. Of course, you can, always, you can only use GW stuff at a GW tournament. So what is my point? For me, a proxy is fine as long as you can easily figure out what you are proxying. Yes, I would rather play against actual miniatures, but they don't have to be GW. If, you're, if you printed your army, I would rather you have supported an artist who is designing their own models rather than just copying GW models. That being said, if you play at a shop, please support them and buy models and gaming accessories where you play. Your humble servant, Grendel. Well, you put it very well, Grendel. I mean, uh, it, that didn't even occur to me, the whole um, making 3D proxies that are basically just GW models or making the 3D proxies that have their own unique creative spin to it. That's actually a really good point because um, I do I do really feel like the ones that are just GW proxies or uh, j just GW copies, I do feel like that's somehow worse than when you're buying something that's inspired by GW, but it's their own thing. I feel like that, I don't know. I, I think I'm on the same page with you about that. So thank you for writing in, Grendel. I greatly appreciate it. And we will go on to Andrew. Hi, pimp. You needed emails, so I'm here to serve. Aw. I'm not going to yell at your old man ways and take away your walker slash pimp cane this time. <laughs> because my response just shows I'm even older than you. Oh, how the turntables have... Anyway, because my response just shows I'm even... Oh, no, that was the same sentence. The fourth edition Warhammer Fantasy box came with, get this, cardboard images of war machines and characters on monsters for high elves and orcs. They stood up on a little plastic base that they slotted into. So I'm not sure if the guy printing out images for all of his armies and putting them on bases is trying to taunt his opponent or just being a retro Warhammer player and living like it's 1992 again. <laughs> Personally... 
I think proxies are fine if you can tell what they are. Creature Caster makes beautiful models that can easily substitute for some of GW's demons or other kits. Also, Arch Villain Games has some of the most impressive miniature files for 3D printing. I like conversion. I think conversions are fine too. Like a lot of people, I made my own Drakari grotesques out of flesh eater quartz, cryptars, and talos bits. Yep, me and you both, Andrew. I think as long as you can tell what it is, unless you are at an official GW tournament, anything goes. Unless you are that one friend who shows up to play a game of Warhammer Siege with a Ziploc bag of various square bases and tells you that it's his dwarf army. Ugh. Or draws a picture of a land speeder on the side of a cardboard box. That guy is a pain, but I still played him because he was a friend and fun opponent. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, I mean, this is his sign-off. Andrew, in parentheses, needs a cool name other than multiple Shorehammer winner. Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't want me to give you a nickname, Andrew. You don't want me to, because I will, and you probably will not like it. When I was younger, I used to give my, uh, my friends nicknames all the time, and I would keep giving them nicknames until I found one they really didn't like, and then I would just stick with that. I had one friend that was really uptight, and he just, I don't know, he was, like, really serious. He was one of those people that would actually get mad if you said something about his mom. You're like, oh, your mom, and he would, like, want to fight you. Like, he, he was actually that uptight. And uh, <laughs> I finally found a name that he didn't like, and it was Anus McNeely. So his name was Mike, and I would never, ever call him Mike. I would call him Anus McNeely. He was Anus McNeely in my phone. When I referred to him, it was Anus McNeely. <laughs> <laughs> he would get so mad. So, uh, anyway, that was a that was a bit of a tangent. But yes, I am aware of the cardboard, um, whatever it was on a wyvern or whatever from the Warhammer Fantasy Battles uh, starter set. And also, if I do recall, what was it? Second edition starter set for uh, 40k had a Death Dread on a cardboard cutout as well. Um, that's. Very interesting to me. I mean, look how far we've come. Uh, they wouldn't dare try that now, which is kind of funny. Um, but no, both of you, I completely agree with both of you. Um, I think everybody agrees that uh, unless you're at a GW store, most people don't care. Most stores want you to spend money with them. And you know, honestly, uh, going back to Grendel, Grendel, you said 3D printed models means you're not spending money with the store. And that is true. But I'd be making a caveat there where if you did come in with a fully 3D printed army, but you were a very loyal and steadfast customer of the store, I bet they wouldn't bat an eye. Because like you said, ultimately it's supporting the store that matters. They don't really give a shit what, what models you're using. It's just that they want you to support their store because obviously they got bills to pay. So I think, uh, I think personally you'd be fine with proxies probably if you knew the store well enough and they knew that you spent money there. I think that's probably a, uh, a good point. So anyway, thank you for writing in, gents. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone else who wrote in, and I will have to get to you. And uh, that's it. Let's get on to the next segment. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hey, everybody. It's Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and today we're discussing how to make people like you, how to be the most popular person in your gaming group. And this might sound like kind of a weird topic for a wargaming podcast, but honestly, I think most of you can agree that of all stratum of the population, nerds are often the least in touch socially, and they don't pick up social cues, and they have bad habits when it comes to communicating and being around other people. So I really 
feel like this would be an interesting topic. Many of you will be just shaking your head the whole time. Many of you will be like, oh, yes, yes, he's right. I, I know that. You know, I practice this. I've learned this over time, blah, blah, blah. But there might be a few things that actually are new to you, or even if nothing's new to you, some people will benefit greatly from it. I know some people that I've met personally would benefit greatly from this segment. And a lot of it comes down to actually being a good communicator. And I cannot tell you how many people, probably the majority of the people in a day that you come across are not good communicators. But we'll get to that in a minute. One of the fundamental things about getting people to like you and being popular in your gaming group is to wear all the right clothing, buy the right brands, play the right army. No, I'm kidding. No, really, the, the real thing is hygiene, okay? A lot of you are going to laugh. Oh, haha, you know, wash your ass. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. Most of you don't have this issue. So most of this doesn't apply to you, but I'm hoping somewhere, someone, this will reach. And nobody wants to be around someone that smells. Nobody wants to be around someone that has greasy hair they haven't washed in a week. Nobody wants to be around somebody that is constantly farting or burping or just being gross in general. Even gross people don't like to be around gross people. Does that make any sense? So I've had friends in the past that were super gross. And I mean, some of them were friends. Some of them actually weren't friends. But you know, they're always like farting and, and it just, it was always off-putting and nobody liked that aspect of that person. They could be a great person. They could be a fun player. They could be a, a good friend, whatever. But that is always like a, ew, like, like don't be gross. Take a shower, wash your ass, wash your, uh, brush your teeth and put on some deodorant and cologne. That's all I'll say about it because honestly, I think it speaks for itself, but some people really need to get that in their head. So hopefully this will do it. And before we get into the communicating part of this, um, another good rule of thumb is just to be nice to be around, okay? Of course, that also applies to your smell, but, <laughs> but to just be friendly, be open, be welcoming, be nice to be around. And that goes for dating, too. I mean, a lot of this also applies for dating, but we're specifically talking about wargaming. Just be nice to be around. When someone is around you, try to make them feel good about being around you. Don't always be a downer. Don't always be negative. Don't always be in a bad mood. Don't be petty. Don't be just just be accommodating. And in a lot of ways, communicating effectively is making it about the other person, not making it about yourself. We'll get more into that in a second, but Ultimately, you want to be easy to deal with. You want to be easy to be around. So if somebody wants to play a competitive game this week and you're supposed to play them, you go, okay, fine, I'll play competitive, whether or not that's your thing. Then the next week, someone wants to play casual and you go, okay, I'll play casual, whether or not that's your thing. And the most popular, the most well-liked people that I know can do both. Now, they may not be the best competitive player, right? They may not be up on the meta, whatever. Or they may not be that great at making up custom rules and playing narratively, but at least they're willing to try, you know, and nobody could fault you for always being open to try new things and do things that the other person wants to do. Because so many people that are raised in the video game culture nowadays, video game culture is you're sitting in front of your computer and you're killing noobs, you're poning noobs, if you will. And they are these faceless entities that you don't give a crap about, right? It's multiplayer games, you're playing your Fortnite or whatever. And they're not across the table from you. You're not having a relationship with these people. 
And I really do, this has been my long-running theory, and you can disagree if you want, but I really think video games have played a big part in making people into uh, less communicative <laughs> communicative, and less social people. And, of course, as much video games as nerds typically play, we're much more susceptible to that than um, a lot of other, the stratum, like the jocks or the you know, whatever, all those other types of people, the sports people or whatnot. So ideally, you should come to the club with a smile on your face. You should smell good or at least don't smell at all, right? If, if we're going to drop the bar that low, just don't smell at all. And then you're going to be accommodating. And I know a lot of people don't have the wherewithal to actually do this, but hopefully this is at least planting that seed in their head that you really should, just like any good relationship, you should try to at least somewhat cater to the other person. And if they are also a well-communicating person, they will also try to cater to you and you guys meet in the middle. You go, oh, you want to do that? Okay, I'll do that. And then they go, oh, well, you didn't want to? Okay, we'll do it your way. And then you figure it out. And you typically, both of you somewhat, you know, are accommodated and somewhat succeed in what you wanted to do, right? They want to do a narrative game. You don't really feel like a narrative game, but you want to play objectives and they want to play kill points. Okay, we'll play an objective narrative game. There, you both kind of win, right? Now, the biggest portion of this whole segment is going to be about communicating and being social, okay? The other things we just described are just the bare, bare minimum for to get people to like you. But communicating is an actual skill that some people have more natively, some people learn. Um, you definitely can learn it if you're willing to improve yourself and change the way that you act. I know a lot of people are not conscious enough. Uh, let's just give some examples here. And you might you might wonder why I might be an authority on this, right? Because I'm not a psychologist or whatever, but I have ran many groups in my life. I'm a manager by trade. I manage people. I'm not one of the asshole managers. You know, I do the work too. Um, I would much rather be a leader than a boss, if that makes sense, right? Lead from the front. I do the same work that all my employees do. It's not It's not like me sitting in my office just looking at them through the, the one-way mirror and they got to... It's not like that at all. And a lot of people are, are surprised when they do come to work for us that, oh, he's actually doing this as well. Okay, well, this is... And you garner a lot more respect that way. So I deal with customers every day. I deal with employees every day. And, of course, I've got things in my personal life like um, the Brutality Facebook group and the Brutality Discord and all that. So I've got a lot. I'm a very social person, and I've got a lot of experience doing this. So this is the reason why I feel capable of doing this. And I think once I give some examples, we're all going to run into – you're all going to realize that you ran into these types of people, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, I didn't like talking to that person. So let's call the first example – the old person example, okay? The old person example, is, and the reason why I say this is because you often find it in old people, is that they only want to talk about themselves and they don't give a crap about what you're saying, okay? Have you ever heard two old ladies sitting there and the one old lady's like, oh, my grandson is so smart, he got an A in math. And then the other one goes, oh, well, my granddaughter was an Olympic gymnast, blah, blah, blah. And then the other one goes, oh, well, my grandson, he's cured cancer, but then, you know, deleted the file. And then the other one's like, oh, well, you know, mine, 
can bench press a horse. Like, and if you listen, it's actually kind of comedic. Like it's, it's really not because they're actually having a terrible conversation and they're not communicating at all. They're both running a one person conversation, but at each other and it's a competition. So a lot of times old people are like that. And I don't know why. I mean, of course, young people are that way, too. But it seems very stereotypical of old people where they just want to say what they want to say. And they want to get your input, but they also will not give you any input on what you say. So it's just like the, you know, my granddaughter, my grandson, etc. And it becomes a competition. I used to have a friend that in wargaming was like that. He'd be like, um, so how was your game after our, our club, you know, was over for the night? He was like, how was your game? And I'm like, oh, well, my game was, and he's like, oh, cool. Well, my game, this blah, 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 blah. And he would cut me off and start telling me about his game. And it only took once or twice of him doing that to, for me to be like, okay, he's just using that as an excuse because he wants to talk about his game. So what did I do in response? When he said, how was your game? I'd be like, good. How was yours? And then he'd start telling me about his game because he didn't really, he wasn't actually asking me how my game was. He didn't give a shit how my game was. And if I mentioned anything about my game, he'd bring it back to his game. So I understand, okay, he wants to talk about his game. I really think people nowadays more than ever, because we're less social than we have been in all of human history, people really want to be heard. And a lot of um, uh, healthcare providers, a lot of um, you know nurses or doctors or whatever, you go in there and I hear from a lot of them that their patients, you know, they might be coming in because they've got sniffles, but really what they want to talk about is how rough life is or how their job has been tough or whatever. And part of the medical provider's job is to just give them a platform to talk. Like a lot of times they're not even asking them to do anything just to help their situation. You might go, oh, well, do you want anxiety medicine for all your, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. But then they keep ranting. And it's like, it's funny because you're like, oh, well, that's that's because they just want to be heard. And so many social situations and social connections we have now, people aren't listening to each other. They're not being heard. When I tell you about my game and then you immediately ignore it and talk about yours, I'm not being heard, which is fine because I, I'm luckily I have the wherewithal to be like, oh, OK, he just wants to talk about his thing. So I'll make it about him. But a lot of people aren't that socially aware. So make sure when you're talking to somebody that you don't constantly bring it back to yourself. If somebody, if you pick up on the clue and, and it's a very hard thing to describe how you could ever learn to pick up on social cues, but if someone really keeps bringing the conversation back to them, then just let them talk. Maybe they've got no one in their life that will actually talk to them. Maybe their parents don't listen to them. Maybe their spouse doesn't listen to them. Like maybe they've got no one else to, to listen to them and you will be their favorite person. Because they don't have anybody else that will listen to them, and you're actually giving them attention. I always say that adults are just large children in a lot of ways. You talk about the arrested development and things like that. Like, uh, adults still want affection, they still want attention, they still want support. And just because you are no longer prepubescent doesn't mean that you still don't want those those basic things. And I also, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think that's a lot where divorce and things like that come in too, because people don't spend any time catering to each other. So I went on a tangent about this, but you really should, if you get the clue that someone's not interested in what you're saying, then just make it about them. It's totally fine. Just talk and they will like you. Another thing 
that is, once again, somewhat hard to describe, but picking up on social cues when you're talking too much. Uh, we have, <laughs> I have known some players that will corner you and just talk at you. And they have no wherewithal. Some people claim, oh, they don't care that you're not interested. No, I really don't think it's that nefarious. I think they're just unaware of the social cues. And I've ran into, I know many of them personally, that will corner you and just like a like a barking dog. And they will just tell you about the Horus Heresy. Like line by line, hey, I'm on book 13 of the Horus Heresy. And this just happened to this guy, and this guy's past was like this, and then he did that to that dude who sent this guy to reprimand him, that they blew up the blah, 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 and the whole time you're going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, you're you're trying to give, and you take a step back, and you're like, oh, yeah, and you're, like, looking away. And so a lot of times people don't pick up on this stuff. If someone repeatedly is giving you one syllable answers or one word answers like yup uh-huh okay wow if they're doing that repeatedly you are monopolizing the conversation and you should stop ask them their input if you've you know what do you think about perturbo doing that you know or whatever don't you think that was cool or what Try to engage them. You should not be doing a one-sided conversation. It should be a two-player thing. It's no different from power gaming. If you crush your opponent, they have a terrible time, you're playing a one-sided game and the other person's not having fun. They're not going to want to play you again because all you do is care about your satisfaction. It's the same thing with a conversation. Nobody is going to want to come up to you and engage with you if you corner them and just yell at them about Perturbo all the time. Like, you, it's just not going to happen. My friend Danny was just telling me that he went to a game store one time, and the cashier just starts talking to him. And I mean, I mean, just will not shut up about some random thing. And this guy doesn't my friend Danny didn't know this cashier. He just he just met him. Like he they're not friends. They you know he's just in the store randomly. And the guy would not shut up. And then Danny's like, uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Wow. If somebody does that and then they start pointing their body away from you, a lot of times that's a an indicator of like, okay, I want to leave this conversation now, right? Or if you couple all that with a step away, they take like one step away towards the door or they kind of half turn away from you. Those are good body language indicators that you are boring the shit out of them and you should probably stop. But that brings me basically to the very last point I wanted to make about social interactions, about getting people to like you. It's actually a thing that you see a lot on dating sites or, or not dating sites, but di- dating advice, right? And it goes for any social situation. Don't be afraid to ask about that person. Hey, how did your game go tonight? And then don't immediately cut them off and tell them about your game unasked. Don't do that. Sometimes, uh, referring to that old friend, me and James will still do that. We ride. Um, we take turns driving to the store each week, and so we always ride carpool together. And uh, about, I don't know, once a month or so, I will be like, so how was your game tonight? And he's like, Oh, well, my game, and I'm like, oh, well, my game was really good. And he'll start laughing because he knows who I'm referring to. It was an old friend of ours. So, uh, and he'll also do that to me sometimes. But don't, don't be afraid to ask people about themselves. Ask them about work. 
Ask them about their their uh, hobby stuff. Hey, what have you been doing in the hobby? Ask them about their game. Like just and to me, I've always loved to hear from people. That's why I love the test rack mailbox where people write in. It's because I love to get that feedback. I love to hear different people's personalities and stories and uh, opinions and all of that, even if it's different from mine. It's I think that's so interesting. That's the intricate tapestry of our society and our our species is that we have such different backgrounds, attitudes, opinions, points of view, and all that. And it's cool when you can engage with someone that's different in a non-hostile way. I'm not talking about online, you know, comment section where they're all roasting each other. I mean, like in a real way, hey, I have a different a, a viewpoint than you do. Okay, well, explain it to me. And then you can decide whether or not you agree with them, but you're not demonizing them. You're not making them into a monster or something like that. And um, to me, I always see it as I like to ask people about stuff in their life because, number one, I learn a lot about different jobs and different lifestyles and all that. But number two, it's like a story. You know, we all like YouTube. You're listening to me right now. We like YouTube. We like podcasts. We like reading books. We like movies, TV shows, all that. Those are all stories. So if you can actually get a real story from a real person, hey, that's interesting. I mean, sure, there might not be some volcano blowing up in the background and he's riding a pterodactyl and he's saving the princess. And it's not like that, but it still can be interesting to see the different points of view. So, like I said, you should try to be as least offensive as possible, physically, odiferously, <laughs> in all those ways. And you should be very welcoming and supportive of the other people. And don't make it about yourself. So hopefully... Some of you can pick up some sort of benefit from this, and uh, I guess I'll see you next week. And thank you to GameMat.eu for supporting the show, and Panhandle3D.etsy.com for supporting the show, and my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons. I will see you next week.